Welcome to the Men of Action podcast, where we bring on the most stellar men, the high-quality men, because at one point in life, they didn't feel high-quality. They felt like a loser on the inside until they recognized the potential within. Until they recognized that they had that warrior within inside of themselves, so that way they can become that man of action that they are today. And not only that, but inspire their family, their friends, and the community to improve. And today, I got a special guest. I got Dan, who was once a lost father, now is a found father, because now he's dedicated his life to helping other dads reach their potential, wake up, no longer be snoozing, but alive, waking up. When that alarm goes off, and they're going to hit it. So, Dan, welcome to the podcast, man. Oh, great to be here, Zach. Thank you so much, man. All right, Dan, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Like, who uh, was so- Dan before he was his found father? Oh, man. I mean, like, so even at the time, I was a father of two. I'm a father of girls. Um, my wife and I are both nurses. Um, and, you know, I, I was that typical dad uh, prior to kind of finding a better path. Um, you know, my, my worst moments were probably Sundays. I'm, I'm very honest about, you know, my past. Without history, we don't get where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I would spend Sundays uh, from probably about 9 or 10 a.m. sitting on the couch um until i don't know maybe like nine ten o'clock at night just watching football for the entire nfl season um you know other seasons be a little bit different as a real no dad probably a lot of the time can we go do this can we go do that no um and then man i just really got to a place where things got uncomfortable for me and i didn't feel like the best person okay so first book I read that really opened up my eyes was on fuck yourself uh, by Gary John Bishop mm-hmm. um, I that book. went went through that a couple of times actually okay that then that led me down a bunch of other paths to a bunch of other books and then finding an online community through Twitter um, got me to some growth sessions um, nice. so started talking to other dads about their struggles shit man everybody's in the same boat this is cool you mean you guys have this problem too oh man I thought it was just me so you find that kind of community and you start building and and from there i just started becoming a yes dad in a way mm-hmm. uh, you know how can we get better at this relationship how can i grow my relationship with my girls and i had a little advantage probably i'll say than um most fathers do i worked okay. in a predominantly female dominated arena as a it's nurse. true because you are you are a nurse so yeah yep. so what i started to kind of take in around me was how, how are all these women communicating Maybe okay. I can use this to my advantage. Maybe I can use this to connect with my girls a little better. So I did just that. I started listening around me a little bit more than I was speaking. Um, started trying to find ways to better communicate and connect with my girls. And it's really simple with kids, boy or girl, it doesn't matter. The language of children is play. The more right. things you can make into a game, the more you'll connect with them. So I just started playing more games with them. Let's go run around outside. Let's go ride bikes. Let's go draw chalk in the street. It didn't matter. They just had fun and we started building and connecting more. Um, so we would start going to trampoline parks all the time. Um, birthday parties went from just having them at the house, cooking with a cake to, you know, roller skating parties. And now we do ice skating parties with other friends um, who do them. So it's really just been that that building road. And I will never say it's a finished job. I mean, sure. you know, the, the goal of every every parent really at the end of the day is for their kids to be better than they were and have a life better than they had it so you know continuing to give pieces of myself to them and and push that further for them is uh is is where i'm at now it's a constant building phase you know it'll never be done but what's great is connecting with guys like you that 
have insight into other areas that I'm struggling with and be like, oh man, this, that's great. That's awesome insight, man. I, I appreciate that. It was my total blind spot. I didn't see that there. So, you know, finding community is what really brought me around to seeing there was a better way and a better path. Awesome. What community are you in? You so I, I stumbled on um, Zach Hummel. On I was going to say, I see you representing his shirt. <laughs> yeah, IVB. So shout out to the other Zach. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I stumbled on him, just one of his tweets. Um, I, I couldn't tell you which one. This is the end sure. of 2020. Um, so I just kind of pinged him on a message. We connected on a call. That led to me being in four men's groups oh, wow. um, with him, on, online men's groups, um, which at first, again, this was kind of my part of building with my girls. At first, I was like, oh, this is daddy's time. And my wife would definitely help, too. She's like, go get on your call. I got the girls. I'll take care of them. Nice. As the weather got nicer and I started taking the calls outside to enjoy the sun, um, I just started letting the girls sit with me and see what I was doing, see what the guys were talking about. And they would ask questions of me and I'd be like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know, we'll use you as an example. So it's worth chatting. Like, I don't, I don't know what that, why Zach said that I'll ask him though. And, and it would be a, like a three-way dialogue with my girls and them growing and me growing and, and the other person growing and you. So it, it really just kind of continued to snowball. And now a good chunk of those guys that I've, I met and talked with and grew with, I just talk to on a regular basis now, whether it's text or, or Twitter or, um, connecting on phone calls, um, we keep in touch, keep each other on track. And, you know, anytime I feel I'm veering into an area that's dark waters, uncomfort, I mm -hmm. got guys I can reach out to. And it's, it's all because of building community. Um, you know, and, and a lot of our paths, I'm sure, overlap each other. Uh, I know Matt Moore's got um, the Elevate community yep. going. Um, you know, I've been working with Adam Kitchens. Oh, nice. um dylan spina um so this side of twitter is like really probably the greatest area in the world yeah, yeah. and you just day. mentioned a lot of game changers and people who are really growing their accounts and really developing their communities and their coaching programs i mean all of them are just hitting it so hard too yeah man and they're all guys i got to know really personally like like dylan spina you know he i i got to strike a chord with him because of his military his military background and, and okay. where he came from um i, I lost uh, my best friend in, um, oh, really, like 14 years ago now, um, oh. to an overdose, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but he was down some dark paths, and I saw a lot of similarities with Dylan. And another guy, Mike Whitlaw, who's out in Chicago, that we affectionately call Chicago Mike here. Because <laughs> I got mics, I got other mics in my life here, so I had to, I had to differentiate. Oh, you, know, you always Chicago do. Mike, Chicago always. Mike. <laughs> and he, he loves it. He, he wears it with pride. Uh, he's probably become one of my closest friends that I've yet to get to meet in person. Um, him and I just get to have these deep conversations uh, with each other and, um, you know, riff off on a lot of ideas. You know, we're both fathers. We both struggled in a lot of our darkness, um, mm -hmm. struggled with addiction. Um, so those communities continued to pull me out. And now I'm in a position where I want to flip that script to say, maybe I could start offering what I've learned to other people and start helping other people and, and building other things. And that's, that's what I started a few months ago, almost a year ago now, um, trying to build that momentum and, and figure out what it was that I struggled with the most looking back at old notes, what, what, what it is that I can help people with, um, and, and start to, to really grow this community guys like you just 
we're all in this together trying mm -hmm. to figure it out and none of us have all of the answers but between all of us somebody's got an answer to one of our problems right. and at the end of the day until you speak up you can't find that yeah so that's that's so many true and so many points that we need fellowship we need community to grow and thrive but also have courage to to say what's inside of us the dark side of us if you will that we don't want other people to see because the question becomes will you still like me you know which is tied to a lot of rejection but i'm kind of curious because i know you've read the book the unfu kind of book what part of the those themes that kind of helped to further wake you up that you needed to improve your life and stop sitting on the couch and watching sports all day long so it was probably a combination of um i'm gonna i'm gonna put three books out there okay um unfuck yourself gary john bishop the four agreements and then um ryan holiday's the obstacle away is the way hmm. the piece i really took away from all three is i'm the problem okay. nothing else in the outside world is you know in the obstacle in the way the obstacle is the way what really kind of resonated with me a lot was the obstacle in the way is me. I'm the one literally building the hurdles in front of me. I'm constructing them as I tell myself, well, what's in front of me? Why is this so hard? I'm right. building them. I'm building the roadblocks. So once I got to that point, I said, all right, well, if I built them, I know how to take them down. So then I just started, mm -hmm. um, you know, but the year before my daughter was born, I was probably at my heaviest. Okay. Um, so I started with a buddy of mine, you know, just taking it seriously dropped about 30 to 40 pounds. Nice. Um, you know, since then kept it off, maintained it. And now I'm in a growth phase, um, which is a, definitely a little bit different of a mindset to be in, but to wrap my head around the, the concept that, well, if I'm just pushing blame at everybody else, I'm not solving any problems. Mm -hmm. It's really nobody else's fault. The position I'm in or the things I'm thinking, the mindset I have, it's on me. All right. So what are those resources? Where can I find them? What can I do? started with walks a lot. You know, I walked my, I walk my dogs twice a day and I usually do it in silence. I don't have anything in my ear. Okay. Um, you know, it's became conversations with God. What can mm -hmm. we talk about? Um, being uh, given, you know, expressing gratitude. Um, you know, as, as time went on, other barriers started to fall away, other obstacles and challenges. And I found ways to challenge myself. So to lead into kind of how we started the conversation earlier about hockey, I stumbled into hockey for my girls. And then within a few months of their program rolling, the owner of their team said, Hey, I'm going to start a novice hockey league. My ears perked up immediately. I'm like, I've always kind of been interested in hockey. Mm -hmm. This sounds really hard. I went out and bought gear within a couple of weeks and I was on the ice nice. falling down as much as my girls. My girls was yelling at me from the stands, telling me, you're not doing what you tell us, dad, get the puck. <laughs> I'm trying, kid. <laughs> you know, it was funny how that script turned, yeah. man. And all of a sudden our relationship started growing and our conversations became a little bit deeper accidentally. Some of it revolved around hockey. Sure. But right. really the context of it became something better. So you start making those steps in, in removing what you think was there. And truly wasn't it was, it was yourself right like yeah. i have nobody to blame for me why i'm angry why i'm drinking why i'm doing whatever whatever anybody's situation is you got nobody to pin it on but you so once you take control of that you get to keep forging a new path down the road for yourself and the upside is 
I get to look behind me and start grabbing people along the way and be like, hey, man, I figured this out. Come with me. Hey, hey, I got this. Come with me. You know, and it, it's a great feeling when you're around that. Um, so really removing myself from the comfort zone, I started doing um, my girls go to Catholic school. So the, an opportunity came up for the first time at the end of 21. A lot of stuff happened in 21, ironically enough. Um, they got a new principal and, and he was part of an organization that offered a retreat at a uh, former convent out in Connecticut. Um, so I talked to my wife about it. She mm -hmm. felt it would like be, it would be a good opportunity for me. And it was for me as well. So I went out there for the weekend and surrounded by men and just faith. And it was wow. such an eye-opening experience to again, hear older men with older children that were probably not far from my age, right. Talking about the same struggles. I'm like, Oh wait, so this isn't like a, my generation thing. This isn't an isolated, this is literally every dad's problem ever. And every man's problem ever. They struggle with, you know, weight loss and, and discomfort and vulnerability and, it's such a eye-opening part of my life now to say, no, nah, man, I, I got to wear it all on my sleeve. My wins, my losses, all of it. I got to own who I was to push through to who I want to be and, and elevate that so, myself up higher. Oh, I was going to ask you what were some common themes, but so it seems like a lot of guys these days, especially dads who are having struggles losing weight with other addictions and now you guys have each other to hold each other accountable, which is, so important as guys that we need to have each other to hold each other accountable. Like, hey, you say you're going to do something, but you want to be a guy, you want to be a man, got to hold on to that word because that's all we have is our word to show that action. And that's why this whole podcast is about being men of action, figuring out what's not going well in your life. And then what steps can we actually take to make ourselves successful and to see the value and the worth of what we offer? Absolutely. And, you know, ideas are nothing without action. Exactly. You could say you came up with the idea for the iPod. Well, somebody else did it first and, and they perfected it and they figured it out. Right. So they actually right. took the steps to get there. Right. So like weight loss is a big one. You know, I, I, I have, I have friends I've, I've initially tried to help and then I just let it be. And I let myself speak. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you, you know, your, your physical presence speaks for itself. Your relationship with people speaks uh, for itself and how you carry yourself. People then start to see that and they start to ask you questions. And that's more of what I started noticing the past probably eight months was people saw the shift over time and then started asking me the questions that mm. I was asking at one point. Right. right. So because I took those action steps, absolutely. I, I, I could have read all these books and talked to guys, talked to you and, oh, I appreciate the advice. Crumpled it up, put, folded it away and tucked it over here. Right. Oh, I'm not doing anything with it. Somebody literally took their time to give me great sage-like advice and i just said all right well i'm going to talk that away for a later time and forget about it right yeah. not taking those action steps and that's that's really what it takes man is is coming up with a plan a process whatever systems work for you to get those things wrong experiment is my big thing you know whatever it takes maybe you're not a morning person that's okay cool get moving in the afternoon do something in the morning whether it's a quick walk go outside in the sun it doesn't matter but whatever it is that's going to get you rolling, try things before you say no, um, right. I, I think is a big part of those action steps that a lot of people, especially in the fitness realm, struggle with, right? Like you'll see a lot of the, a lot of the fitness coaches now talk about how empty the gyms are. Everybody already gave up on their new, new year's resolutions because right. they went in expecting to lose two, three, four years worth of weight in a month. Well, it didn't exactly. happen. 
did you change everything or did you just start showing up to the gym? Did you include your diet in that? Mm-hmm. Are you still drinking every night or like, you know, binge drinking on weekends? Like all these pieces right. are little action steps to take along the way, you know? And when you bring up that discussion, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable because they feel like they're going against the grain. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I talk to people about dads, you know, I'm old enough to remember, um, you know, the late eighties, early nineties, you had two examples of TV dad, Al Bundy, Danny Tanner. Yeah. Which one would you rather be? Right. Do you really want to be the dad just sitting there drinking his beers on the couch? Or would you rather be the loving dad like Danny Tanner involved right. in his kid's life, trying to improve them, being there as much as he can as a single dad working exactly. his ass off um, and, and being involved in his kid's lives. Um, and that's the choice we get to make. And it, it all comes from the steps, what we do, what we put into it as, as men and as fathers. Yeah, it's so true. And that's what's kind of, and with all that social programming that you see nowadays, you know, I know we discuss this a lot. I've had other guys on the podcast, we talk about social programs, everything, like what kind of dad do you want to be? And what we see on TV is kind of a mirror image of who we might become. Like, do you want to be the Danny Tanner who's always there for his kids and who has to discipline him, but then not just raise his kids, but also had to ask for help and call on some of his other family members to help. So he's not doing this all by himself, raising three girls. Right. And, and it's, you know, the undertones of that show are, are really subtle now that you can see it as an adult, because my girls got into the show, so they watch it. Yes. So it's funny kind of watching it again, going like, man, it really does take a village to raise a child. Right. When you think about it at the end of the day, while you're sending your kid to school or, or you're homeschooling. So you're either way, you're a parent and teacher or you're set, you're outsourcing that to a school. And now somebody else is teaching your child. And then in sports, really the undertone in sports is about camaraderie, team, yes. community. You know, there's there's more to it than the superficial level of now you're going to win or you're going to score goals in hockey or soccer or get a touchdown in football. It doesn't matter what the sport is you know, what the ultimate goal is, is, is really a lot deeper than just that simplistic win the game. Um, yeah. But you don't realize that until you get older and really open your eyes and, and pull those blinders away from the sides of you and, and really start to think and process a little bit more. You know, as a kid, everything's very tunnel vision. Like this is for it's, my entertainment. It's giggly. It's funny. And, and that's it. Um, there's a, another show. This, this, this got my brain somewhere else, but we, we watch another show, Bluey. Um, and yeah, an episode. Uh, it's really cool. It's an Australian show, uh, okay. a family of dogs, uh, two girls, ironically enough, and a mom and dad. And there's one episode where the dad just kind of starts uh, speaking um, philosophically. Okay. And the girls, one of them, I think the oldest bingo finally says, wait, is he trying to teach us lessons? <laughs> <laughs> like it took him like three or four times of the things he was saying. And she was like, wait a minute. Like, yeah, man, that's what it's, that's what his job is. Uh, you know, that's what we're here for. And right. I think when we, you, you had mentioned guys in the way we talk, it has to be vulnerability. We have to have right. that with our kids and with other men, right? Because until we reveal what's truly in our hearts, we're not being honest with ourselves. So how can we be honest with anybody else? You know, it, 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 it is a two-way street. We can't expect to have a deeper relationship with people until we get vulnerable with them, get uncomfortable. and you know, society, it's easier to just be complacent. It's easier to be like, oh, yeah, Monday morning, you know, tomorrow morning, we're recording this on a Sunday. 
Tomorrow right. morning, oh, guys, I, I went out on St. Patty's Day Friday. I don't even remember the whole weekend. That's acceptable as the norm. Where instead, it should be the norm to be like, oh, I connected with this great guy, Zach Goodman. We had this awesome conversation. Um, you know, I took so many points away from him about how to elevate my life, how to talk to other guys he's working with. Oh, shit, I think I'm joining a whole other community now. You know, yeah. that's everybody looks at you side eyed when you talk that way. And it's crazy to me, man. It just, I don't know. That's I, when I started getting deeper, that's what became uncomfortable is like, why am I the, why am I the one getting the side looks for doing things differently? I remember the first time I was meditating around people. Um, I don't want to say around people. Like I just dropped in the middle of a room and started meditating. <laughs> just sat down yeah, right. I was just like, and meditate time. <laughs> we were away on vacation and I just, I walked away to the room and I just, I was like, ah, I need a, I need, I needed my five minutes. Just yeah. sat there. And, um, we were at this place where we had a balcony. All the rooms were kind of connected through the balcony. My friends are like banging on the door. It's like, this is my peaceful time. You're not bugging me. It don't matter to me. You, you can look at me funny. What really comes out in those moments is people's uncomfort with the unknown yeah. and, what they're not understanding that well how come you're not like me anymore yeah it goes down deeper roads too and am i going to get left behind now and relationships change and people come in and out of your life when you get on so you find out who your two friends are are they gonna be like excited for you and, like hey dude i'm so glad you like you lost 30 pounds and you're keeping off way to go and you're drinking some water hey way to go absolutely absolutely it's just like well you were fun at one point but now you're just kind of boring you read books now what are you a nerd so now it's like i remember i so I, I made some like drastic not drastic i i made i've made some bigger changes in my life in the past few years mm -hmm. one of the first ones was i think like last summer i won't ever how, I, how how's how's the what way do i want to phrase this drinking's probably been a problem at points in my life and i've definitely got it under control never to a point where i felt like i needed like aa sure um or to quit totally but it got to a point where it wasn't serving anything. I realized that alcohol didn't serve a positive purpose in my life. So I told my wife I had made a decision. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to drink around the girls anymore. Period. Oh, Done. End of it. And that included like social functions with friends and everything. And we were out at a friend's house. And I got a, a funny look when I'm literally sitting there drinking a seltzer, mm. uh, you know, a bubbly or whatever. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're not having a whiskey. I'm like, nah, I, I you know, I decided I didn't want to drink around the girls anymore. Exact words I got were, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, it has nothing to do with you, man. <laughs> I was going to say. It's me. It's me, man. This is my decision. This is my life and yeah. what I feel I need to do right now to better it, man. It's, you know, I, I could sit here and go with the flow and do what everybody else does, or I could try to better myself. And to do that, I have to do different things. And this was just one of them. But is yeah. that that first comment definitely led me down a path. And I'm sure it was just a quick off the cuff thing. I don't think there was any malicious intent sure. meant behind it. But it definitely got the wheels turning more of like, all right, so, so maybe other things need to change too as I keep going down here. And yeah, those steps have to be, get taken, right? Like to me, it's been a, st a stairwell, one step up. Just, and I'm it's not trying to raise myself above anybody else. It's definitely climbing a hill. It gets difficult as you go higher. Um, it's not just forging a path through the woods. If you want to use that analogy, it works too, will you? chopping away the brush to clear the path it gets harder as you go through right well and it's you know everyone has their own insecurities and people can get very 
judgmental and very critical of people who want to improve their lives because then it's like either you're not funny anymore or two it's like wow i wish i could do what you want to do but i can't let you know that i think that's such a key phrase right the more i read the more i find those rabbit holes too yeah and what i found was i initially wanted to try to get people around me that i saw in uncomfortable places or places i had been right. to be I, I would literally say hey why don't you come come join this group with me this is what we're doing come do this with me this is what we're doing and that wasn't the approach anymore so i let it be and i just let myself speak for myself my mm -hmm. silence uh became my weapon my shield in a way not in a negative way, but I started listening more around me. And then I finally started hearing the questions. Oh, hey, how come you got this going? Or how come you're doing this? Or how are you doing this? Like, oh, well, you've noticed now. This is what I've done. This is what I tried to get you to do with me six, eight months ago. Right? <laughs> but you weren't ready. You weren't in that place. And that's cool. You yeah. know, I had to find a, a point of acceptance in that and where relationships go in your life. And sometimes that gets even difficult when you're, you know, friends with people online and, and like, no, nah, man, I really see it this way. And they see it this way. And you figure out how to hash those things out. And, um, your circle ends up growing and changing in a different way. And you become involved mm -hmm. in different things, you know, but faith, it was not a part of my life. And the irony for me is, you know, we sent our, our kids to a Catholic school, you know, my daughter's in fourth grade now from okay. kindergarten until second grade. We never went to church. They would go on Friday, first Friday mass every month, but we never went to church. Well, how can I accept, how can I expect my kids to grow up in faith if I'm not leading by example? Oh, okay. So after some thought and some process, you know, I told my wife, I said, we're, we're going to start going to church. Okay. So we started going every week. Now we get to grow our faith together. I started going on the retreats with the church because the nice. church is connected to their school. Well, now I'm growing my faith a little bit deeper. Now we talk about God and stuff. And, you know, my little one will ask questions about, well, why do we have to go to church? You know, like your clothes? I, I keep it really simple, especially for a child. Do you like yeah. eating? Do you like breathing? Do you like your clothes? Do you like your school? Well, God gave us all that. So I think he's asking an hour a week, kid. I think we can give him that, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. All right, cool. We're on the same page. For my older kid, it would probably be a different discussion, but along the same same wavelength, right? At yeah. the end of the day, um, so I think I think that still comes down to the vulnerability vulnerability part too, where we don't talk about those things in in um, the ether anymore. We just let them go. We don't discuss what's really bothering us. All all conversations we I find a lot of people with a lot of people are superficial. Like, oh, you know, did this at work? Or my wife's bugging me and. You know, the kids aggravate me. Well, no, they're not aggravating you. They're, they're children. They're trying to express and grow into themselves. And your wife's right. not bugging you. You need to have a discussion with her. You need to talk with her and figure out what's going on, you know? So it, it, it just, this side of life is very different than what a lot of people, I think, understand about it. It's not about rhetoric or you have to change everything today or it's really just about making progress and improving on yourself to live and have a better life. Misery is yeah. a choice. Anger is a choice. hundred percent of the time. Um, and when you choose to swim in those waters, man, it's dark. It's very dark. Yeah. That's what I always say to a lot of people is 
you know, experience the emotion, but don't be consumed by the emotion. Like it's okay to feel angry, mad, sad. We're all human. We're all going to feel a bunch of different emotions at one time. It's another thing to experience it and then calm yourself down versus being consumed by it and allowing that rage or anger to lash out. And especially with guys at times, you know, we do things a little bit more physical. So we have to do like a physical, almost like release to help us, you know, like get a stress ball, squeeze it, you know, take some deep breaths, do some meditation, but don't allow that anger to win because it's an enemy and you got to fight that enemy and box and really show who's charged because just like a boxing bag, when you hit it, oh, it's going to come back <laughs> right. or it's going to barely move. One of the two, it's be some type of force. It's just going to absorb that energy. You know, I, I, I took a line from um, once I kind of got more control of, of myself and my emotions, yeah. I took a line from Dexter and started calling it my dark passenger. I gave Ooh. it a name. Um, you know, okay. in, in the show, he talks about it. And I've always wanted to go read the books. Uh, I think, what's his name? Jeff Lynn that, that wrote him. Um, I forget. Um, but he talks about it in the show as his dark passenger. I'm like, that's such a cool concept to think about yeah. it that way. And the way I started telling myself about it is you're allowing the dark passenger to drive the car, oh. put him in the passenger seat, move him over. Now you've got control. All right. Now that we've got control, where else can we go with them? Well, I got a back seat. I can push them a little further, you know? So my little, my moments of, of anger and frustration, they started go, getting further and further apart each time where I'd, you know, lose, lose my mind about nothing that literally didn't matter in life in the grand scheme oh. of things. So I put him in the back seat. And eventually I said, all right, well, well, what's next? Well, you got a trunk. You can put him in the trunk of the yeah. car. Really can't get out from there easily. All right, well, let's put him in the trunk. So I started giving myself that like metaphorical thinking of like, well, now you're in control. You're driving the car. You've got this. Oh, man, was it a ton of work and practice and trial and error. I mean, ice baths, breath work, meditation, journaling, you know, trying to go down all the paths, what worked for me. And a lot of it just came down to, all right, Zach gave me these pointers. Uh, you know what? Two and six really work for me. Let me focus all my energy on those. I'm going to leave one, three, four, and five alone. Right. I might circle back to them. They're great practices. I try of course. Them, but two and six are really working for me. All right. I'm going to talk to Zach about two and six a little bit more. Zach, here's, here's where I'm struggling with, you know, two. Whatever that exercise might be. Oh, we'll try it this way. All right, cool. Great. Now it's working really well. All things are firing. Awesome. And to me, that's what coaching is all about is getting people tuned into those areas. You know, practices are just exactly that practices. Well, you got to do what works for you. Um, but once I started wrapping my head in a way that made sense to me and talking to myself in that literal way, I'm like, all right, he's in the passenger seat. Now I'm in control. Mm. All right. He's in the back seat Now I'm in control. There's a lot of power in taking your life back in those moments, man. I love that. I mean, that's such a, I've never watched Dexter, but I mean, I've seen some of those small clips and ironically something about being in the trunk, ironically. <laughs> but it's, it's definitely a, dar a darker show for sure. Uh, my friend had turned me onto it years ago. Um, but just that, that dark passenger phrase he says a few times, it just like always sat in the back of my brain. You're like, you ever notice how ideas just sit with you sometimes? Yeah. Always. Like maybe you had something happen 10 years ago and your, your brain just said, I got a filing cabinet back here. I'm just going to plug it in. We're going to pull this out later. And right. I think that's what it was, man, was just that idea all of a sudden came later to serve a purpose. Like this is yours. Put them away. 
All right, cool. That's what it kept there for, you know? Yeah, I really like that. It's always, that's why I love bringing people on here. Like I get a whole bunch of new ideas myself and to figure out how to classify things, but having a dark passenger, I mean, that's, well, you want to call it a dark passenger, your dark self taking the reins. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible to have that visualization of it, of, okay, I'm getting angry. Okay, so this dark passenger is going to take over. Because right now we got a choice. We can carpool together or we can go this thing around. You can be in the back. Right, exactly. Man, I can take you along for this ride, but you can't have the wheel. You can't exactly. have the wheel. And to me, that goes to your point, right? I can sit in that emotion. I can experience exactly. it, but I can't let it take control. It cannot take control. I have to experience it. And however I have to do that, you know, I, I've walked out in the middle of a discussion with my girls, stood outside for a minute or two and come back in. Like, I'm going to let it flush over my body and go through. Right. And now I'm going to come back in and be fine and fresh. You know, does it work 100% of the time? No, absolutely not. I am right. not perfect. Um, another great way I've heard it said, um, I think came from outwitting the devil, the higher self and the lower self. Okay. Right. Who gets to win the battle? Because they're always fighting. Um, yeah. And the lower self really wants to just be the, we're just going to go with the flow guy. Like, easiest, least, 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 path of least resistance is the way we're taken. Um, yeah. And you ever read uh, Daniel Kahneman's book, Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow? I've, I've started that one. I haven't gotten to finish that one yet. Every time I go to borrow that one from, I, I do a lot from, um, uh, what is it, Libby or, or Hoopla, which I one of the digital apps through my library. Sure. Every time I get into that, I get distracted and I got to come back. I'm like, oh, oh it's man, like a four or 500 book. So it takes a minute to get through. Yeah, it does. But talking about the same thing, except, you know, we have thinking uh, fast is system one and thinking slow system two, and that's for decision making. And obviously, our bodies and brains just want to make quick, fast decisions like that. When there's a lot of times that there's a time and place for making a fast decision, there's a time and a place for let's calm down, let's really think this through. Do I really want to lash out right now? And look, I've got a bad example because you know kids will, will they'll watch you and then they'll repeat after you because most learning is by watching and modeling. So by you kind of going and taking that deep breath and just obviously it's just for a minute or two, show it's showing them that okay, dad's calm. Okay, he's not getting wild up. Anybody is, he's taking a deep breath or with the puck situation. Hey, dad, get the puck better. You told us to get it better. And then you're like, okay, now I got to get back <laughs> into this. I got to show them the two thing. Absolutely. And I, and I can tell you, had when they would come off the ice and I'm trying to coach them a little bit of hockey, I mean, I'm learning as they go too. Yeah, exactly. Like they definitely excel out of me. But like, it was always giggle moments in those two. Like, come on, you know, you know, you got to get the puck, right? I was never that like screaming down, like get the puck, rah, rah. never yeah. the rhetoric one. It was always giggles. So even when they would tell me after that, definitely okay. they, would, they giggle about it too. Like, dad, you got to get the puck to you. That's what you're telling us to do, dad. I'm like, I know I'm trying. <laughs> dad, you fell down out there so many times. I know I'm trying. You know, it becomes a great laughing moment for us too. It's just like a whole nother way like to connect and just, just be together. So, um, it's it's funny how those conversations happen and, and to your point about mirroring behavior it was oh man how old was she my, my oldest might have been like five at the time okay um watched her just throw something across the room in anger something i knew in the moment she had seen me do so many times yeah and that was probably like one of my breaking points internally like oh. i really need to get my life together this is not the path 
Um, and, and now we are here. We are five years later, literally yeah, five years later, um, realizing all of the moments that connect to rebuild. It's never too late to re-steer that ship. Man, there's a line that is stuck in my brain forever is every passing minute is another chance to turn it all around. It really doesn't matter if you're 10 years old, 18 years old, 60 years old, man. Every day is that opportunity to flip that script and be like, oh, you know what? This really hasn't served me well. What yeah, else is right. out there? And, and then you fall down stop. rabbit holes. Exactly. And so I got to stop regretting about the past. It's like you have two options. You can wallow in pity and regret for everything you've done for the last, let's say, 20 years. Everything you said wrong. Every time you could most common things. I wish I would have studied harder in school is like one of the, probably <laughs> the most common things you hear about. But two is, but you're not the same person you were 20 years ago. It's like your friends who now who want to be after you and people come to you. It's because you're at a point now where you're ready to take responsibility for your life. You're ready to do the things that you know you need to do to better yourself. Absolutely, man. And we try to, what I've found with talking with people too is they, um, they'll compare themselves to other people. Yes. You can't, you really can only do self comparison at the end right. of the day, right? Like where was I five years ago? Where am I today? Exactly. Did I learn from these other people? Absolutely. That walked similar paths, hundred percent. But I can only compare my journey with where I was, how far I've come along, you know, through the jungle, through the woods, through the weeds. Am I in the sunlight yet? At least, you know, um, right. and then a lot of that comes through, introspection and self-reflection right yes. on where i was and where i want to be am i still reaching for that um i find with some dads i see out in public now a lot of them just settled life yeah. right like i got i got married i got my career i got my kids i guess i'm done and they kind of give up right and yeah Man, that's not what it's about. It's not the example you want to set for your kids, man. You should challenge yourself every day. Um, and it doesn't matter, father or mother, you should challenge yourself every day. Push yourself because you want your kids to do the same. You you, you want to challenge them. Studying is a great point too, yes. right? Like you, you're not going to be happy with your child coming home with C's and D's. You want them to do the best that they can. And if they're struggling somewhere to find out how to help them at the end of the day. And it's challenges that push us through those discomforts and into those areas of, of trying to be better, right? It's, we don't heck, get anywhere through comfort. Well, heck, a lot of parents are now struggling trying to teach kids the homework nowadays because it's changed so much. I mean, I, my brother, he's gone through that too with his son where he actually had to buy the school's book to be able to teach him lessons because how they're teaching math with Common Core is so oh, yeah. different. I, I, I told my oldest that when she brought Common Core home, I said, we're going to do the math over here on the side. This is how the math is done. If your teacher asks you, you can tell, you can tell her that daddy says common core is BS. It's not real math. Oh. This is real math. And this is how we're going to learn it. <laughs> and thankfully we only had to deal with that for like a short period of time. And the, school redid their curriculum. School. <laughs> the school redid their curriculum and now it's gone so far. Thankfully, like real math is probably like, listen, kid, you can't mess with me. Multiplication, division, addition, and subtraction. They've been around since math and numbers got figured out. You can't reinvent the wheel. It's not happening. But I, I, oh man, I sympathize with that one. That was definitely a frustrating as a head scratcher moment. Like 
what do, what do you mean this is how they teach it? What do you mean you got to figure out what the common root? What? <laughs> Eight times. No, it was, a lot of it, though, was like algebra stuff that they're learning because they're learning like yeah. two plus blank equals eight. Yes. Yep. That's an algebraic equation. Yes. Right? They're trying to get too advanced to catch them up, man. And, yeah. and I talk to people in, in all sorts of areas uh, of schooling. I, I got friends that, that send their kids private, trying to yeah. looking into send their kids private, other ones who homeschool and public yeah. school. And, you know, it, it's all across the spectrum. It's definitely a struggle oh, yeah. for some parents to try to figure out some of those things. I got a guy I talked to out in uh, Michigan. He's a, a former former school teacher now. Now, fitness coach, um, he, he talks about dusting off his old books sometimes when the, the kids bring lessons home. He's like, I don't remember this. I got to I got to get my notes out to remember how to teach this stuff. So it's it's funny how that stuff has changed. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a struggle for every dad. You talk to any dad out there, the, I don't know, daddy needs a minute. Where's the YouTube video? <laughs> Well, now you can go to ChatGPT or something like that. Yeah, I know. Just enter in the equation. It'll tell you how to solve it six different ways, right? Technology is yeah. amazing, man. It, it can be a great tool or it could be an opportunity for failure. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see as we continue to grow in it. But, you know, to me, technology is great. It gives me a chance to connect with guys like you. So to me, it's a total upside, you know? You know, and that's what's so cool is because I kind of throw myself out like of like social media because like how because all I would see would be negative, especially with Twitter. You see all the politicalness that can become. So I'm so glad for this opportunity to connect with guys like you, right? Who so that way I can learn from, right? And that's what once you find that space, the people come. You know, however the algorithm works and everything like that, you find what you're looking for. You know, I know you mentioned being Catholic and God in the Bible and want to come and one says, ask and you shall see, you know, knocking and it shall be given. So it's like you have to go out there. Nothing comes to anyone just standing still. You have to go out and you have to do something. And then just trust the process. Read any personal development book, any story, and it always talks about someone overcoming anything. It could be fiction, nonfiction. But everyone talks as a novice. The question is, do you stay there? Absolutely. Right. And it goes back to like what we talked about before. If, if yeah. you give me all of these tools, all these practices, and I just tuck them away on a shelf, what's on me, man? I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm asking for growth and opportunity. Here's your presentation. Here's everything. Oh, well, I put it over there. That's what I thought. No, no, no. You got to work at those. Yeah. You got to put in the effort. You got to put in the work. You know, weight loss doesn't come by eating the same thing every day, by exactly. overeating your calories and not moving. Right. Uh, your mindset doesn't turn positive by reading the news every day, man. The news is designed now to be negative. Yeah. Uh, it's just even like weather reports now. Uh, you know, I live I live in an area where we we sometimes we get snow in the winter and and uh, you know we get some I won't call it catastrophic, but we get some big snowstorms. Even mm -hmm. those are like really we got a fear monger snow now. Like it's supposed to be a wonderful it's joyous time. For the kids I want to say like last ten years, it's like yeah. you always hear. It's giving me the worst snowstorm <laughs> of the decade. Right. And like you go outside and it's like, this is like average. Like nowadays, like, <laughs> so like where I live, like we used to go to school, like in like, you know, yep. like negative 10 and below with everything. <laughs> now it's like some dusting and it's like, yes, it was canceled. It's like, wait, this is like nothing. Just drive slow, take your time and don't sacrifice your learning. But now it's just like, nope. Too much snow. School's canceled. It's like oh man, they they've done, they've started doing it the day before here. 
Yes. Like the threat of a snowstorm. It doesn't start till tomorrow afternoon. Uh, we already canceled school tomorrow. Like, are you kidding me? Come on now. No, I can understand like an early release depend. You that way you yeah. can lose track and see how bad it gets. But right. Yeah. Oh man, the preemptive ones get me too because I, I was the same way, man. Uh, like there wasn't no cold days at school. You went in there, you wore your coat in class if it was colder outside, and yep. it didn't matter, man. You were you went and it was what it was, man. Like, I probably if I was to actually be able to pull it from my memory, probably on my hand five <laughs> at best snow days as a kid now oh man uh, but anyways you know it's just the way it is and that's why you gotta be a parent and teach your kids the best way you can and that's you shouldn't be strong and endure stuff and you all do that by becoming that man of action like what you've done so that way your daughter doesn't throw her toys anywhere but maybe learns to take a deep breath and be like i'm upset because of blah 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 and then you go, okay, I understand. So let's just continue working through it. And, you know, that's the best way to do it. I mean, you wonder why these kids throw tantrums, and but you look at the parents, and that's what they do when something doesn't go right. And then they blame the kids, like, that's not right. So it's it's okay, like, to understand we all get frustrated. We're all going to lose at some point or another. But say that's, that's the exception. That's like when we allow that shadow passenger to take over, we need to fight against that to make it a lesson. And that's why Dan... You are the definition of a man of action because you have reclaimed your life from so much of sitting on the couch, watching some sports, and now getting up, playing some hockey, got your kids engaged in hockey. So what would you encourage someone today? How would you encourage someone today to go from a man of inaction to a man of action? How would you do that? The easiest way I would tell anybody is to step out of your comfort zone by reaching out to somebody who has either has a piece of life mm -hmm. you want in yours has a an attitude that you'd like to instill in yourself mm -hmm. just reach out to them and ask them ask them just that question like hey can we connect can we talk can we have a conversation okay. here's where i'm struggling everybody i've come across on, on this i call it this side of twitter because i do feel like it's a different world from when i first signed up got on the app years ago I think actually I just got a notification. This is my 14-year Twitter anniversary. For the past three years, I've definitely tailored mine to be a full thread of all positivity. Yeah. Um, but it could be a rabbit hole, man. Um, but you tailor it, right, at the end of the day based on, you know, who you're interacting with. So find one person and just reach out to them and start that snowball. Um, that, that would be my action step for anybody to take. And maybe it's – maybe maybe somebody's watching this and they don't have an online presence somewhere, go out into your community, go talk with a, a, a dad at a sporting event. Um, one of the pieces of advice, if, if you go to church um, is to stand after church and just start eyeballing people. Somebody's eventually going to come up to you and be like, Hey, my name's so-and-so, but I mean, just stare somebody down. This is advice I got given, but that, was given to somebody else in a group I was in. But again, it was one of those things that I tucked back in my filing cabinet because it might come up someday. Right. Um, but literally, like, I'm just going to stare Zach down. I'm, I'm going to be him through the whole thing after church and just track him and watch him until he comes up to me. And then when he gets close, I'm just going to reach my hand. I'll be like, hey, my name's Dan. Do something uncomfortable. You know, start reaching out to other people. That's, I think that's, you know, especially the what went on in the world, no matter which side of it you're on from the past three years, I think community is what's been lost um, right. amongst us as human beings, men 
need community. People yes. need community. We were born in community um, around other people and meant to interact. So start building your own by finding people to reach out to and talk to. Absolutely. No, Dan, I think that was excellently said. And this is why you're a man of action and just so glad to have you on the podcast. And if you want to go follow Dan, all his information, social links will be in the description below. So go check him out. He will bless your life with everything he posts about how you can be a dad of action and improve your life. And I hope everyone has a blessed day and see you guys in the next video. Bye.